Today I want to look at a message that is just three parts, and it's going to be a short message because the next couple of weeks when we get into our series on living godly lives in the last days, the sermons may be a little bit longer. But I want you to start thinking of what it is to live in the final days of God's life. To start pondering that through the, through, throughout the week. And today it's kind of a pre-message to that. And I want to look at three parts of the Bible. Two individuals and then Revelation chapter 14. So I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy beginning in chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now, when you look at the book of Deuteronomy, for many of us who know the book of Deuteronomy, we understand that it is Moses' farewell address. He had lived a godly life. He had lived an adventurous life. He had lived a life that was for the glory and honor of God, but it didn't always go that way. His time in Egypt, he thought he was an Egyptian. And in his time in Egypt, he thought he was going to ascend to the throne of Pharaoh. He thought that that was his destiny until God intervened. But when you think of his life, you think of Moses as the baby being spared from the wrath of Pharaoh, being put down the river, found by Pharaoh's wife, living that life in Egypt, carrying his people through the, the spirit of God, carrying their burdens, praying for them, giving them the law of God. You think of Moses' life, and it had some glorious moments, it had some down moments, but overall he would say that it was worth it to be a servant of God. But Moses is told he's not going to enter into the promised land. Moses is told that because he ruined the symbol that Christ was going to die once, that he would not see the earthly promised land, but by the grace of God, we know he saw the heavenly promised land as he was resurrected and taken into heaven. But Moses here is preparing his farewell address. He is telling them his final words. He is giving them his final message. And what is it, you would think, what is it that you would tell your loved ones in your last remaining days? What is it that you would tell those around you who love you your last message? What would it be if you had to tell your kids your last words? So here Moses is opening, closing out the book of Deuteronomy. And in verse 19, he says these words. After giving them his final address, the blessings and the cursing, he says, see, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. Verse 16, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgment, that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. He's given them in his last message before he died a reminder that what we are after is eternal life. 
no matter what this world offers you, what we really desire, what we really should desire in this life, is to spend all our eternity with Jesus Christ. To spend all our life basking in the glory with God. And he's saying, look, I can't choose that for you. I cannot choose it for Hannah, Leah, and Emily. They will reach an age where one day they have to choose it for themselves. I can't even choose it for my wife. She has to choose it for herself. Parents, we can't choose it for our children. They have to choose it for their, themselves. But what is offered to them is what is offered to us, life or death. Which are you going to choose? Life or prosperity? Death or adversity? In verse 17, he says, But if your heart turns away, and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you will surely perish. Why? Why this message, Moses? You're about to die. Why this message? Why not tell them, here's your inheritance. Go enjoy and live your life. Because Moses knows all too well and I hope we know all too well that the heart is deceitful above all else. Who can trust? Moses knows that we need a constant reminder to stay on the narrow path because the world calls to us and each of us has these besetting sins that the world calls to us, that attracts us, that lure us, that beckons us to follow it. But Moses is saying, look, with my last breath, I want to give you one final warning because I want to see you in heaven with me when that day comes. I declare to you that you shall surely perish if you choose death over life. You will not prolong your days in the land where you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the cursing. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. As we close out 2023 and as you reflect back in the, in the recess of your private mind, have you drawn closer to Christ in 2023? Are you closer to Christ in 2023 than you were in 2022 or in 2021 or in 2020? Or are we drifting away from the Lord? See, Moses is using this opportunity right before his death because he wants to remind them that the only thing that matters is to have life in Jesus Christ for all eternity. It doesn't matter the new job, the new promotion, the new car, the new house, the new spouse, the new date. It doesn't matter if you don't have Christ in your life. So once again, he's saying to them, so choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. And as a parent and as a pastor, I am constantly reminded that if I, I, Gio Marin, am not in the word of God, how am I going to get my children in the Word of God? See, my salvation, even though it's individual, has some ramifications not only to the church, but to my children. And the worst thing I would ever want to hear is that I made it into the kingdom of God and my spouse and my children did not. I am my brother's keeper. 
And in this case, I am my wife's keeper and my children's keeper. I would rather be blotted out and have them in the kingdom than me be in the kingdom without them. But I cannot guarantee myself in the kingdom nor guarantee them in the kingdom unless I spend time loving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I need this for me as much as I need it for them. And Moses is reminding them, look, with my last breath, I want to remind you that the only thing that matters is life in Christ. Verse 20, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. You know that land that he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them? It's the same land he's promising you and me. It's the same promise of eternal life that he's offering to them. They're not going to get something different from us. We're all going to have eternal life in Christ if we surrender our life to Him. He's about to perish soon, this great giant of faith. The Christ of the Old Testament. He was a type of Christ in the Old Testament. He prayed for His people. He Himself said, Lord, blot me out if you can save them, if it's possible. He prayed for them. He lived for them. He gave his life for them. And it cost them the earthly Canaan because they were so stubborn. But even then, in the last, you can see his heart. He's basically saying, look, all I want for you is eternal life. And Christ was faithful to this servant. See, he didn't bring in the Israelites into the promised land. But you can deduce from scripture and from the spirit of prophecy that he was resurrected, Jude tells us. He was resurrected and he was taken to heaven. How do we know that? Because we see him at the transfiguration. But the spirit of prophecy tells us, and you can deduce it, that he got to usher in the true Israelite, Jesus Christ, into the true promised land when he was resurrected. No matter how bleak it looks on this earth, God always has something better for you. Sometimes we may just have to wait for heaven to get it. So Moses in his last dying breath reminds them that there are only two choices. And what are they? Life or death. The blessings or the cursing. Prosperity or adversity. The choice is ours to make. So in 2024, what choice are you going to make? How are you going to draw closer to Christ in the next year? Turn with me now to the Moses of the New Testament, Paul in Acts chapter 20. Paul in Acts chapter 20. It's a similar message. Paul knows that he's headed towards Jerusalem. He's already been told that the person in whom this prophet put the belt on will suffer and die for the cause of Christ. And Paul tells them that he's willing to die. He's willing to be bound and even much more, even to 
lose his life for the cause of Christ. And that's the heart I want in my own life. That's what I want my children to desire and my wife and my church, that we would be willing to give up our life in order not to betray Christ. In verse 25, he says, And now, behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. He knew what was coming. He knew this would be the last message to this particular church. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Can we say that? with our friends and our family and our neighbors, that we have shared the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, some people say that the opposite of love is hate. But in reality, the opposite of love when it comes to the gospel is to be indifferent to the plight of your neighbor. An atheist one time said, how much hate must you have to possess and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ and not share it with the world? And so he says, therefore, verse 26, once again, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. But be on guard for yourselves. Here's the warning message. Be on guard for yourself and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to, be, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Even within Adventism, in the fringes of Adventism, we see growing people who no longer believe in the Trinity, who no longer believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. Men and women who believe that we're not sinful, but quote-unquote, we are holy. When the Bible says that we are all sinners in the need of grace, in the need of God. He says in verse 29, I repeat again, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, the church, among us, the believers, among us who profess Christ not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. He's about to die, and this is his final words. He says, therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And I now commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I've coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourself know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me and everything I showed you, that by working hard in the matter, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What would be the final words to your family as you're walking that final mile, as you're about to lay, close your eyes, and rest the sleep of death? These two giants of the faith took it to warn the people that our enemy is real, but that if we cling to God, we have nothing to fear. 
But that choice must be presented to us, to our children on a daily basis. What has become of our life today? Have we drawn closer to Christ today? Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today. Because there is a judgment coming, but there is a glorious victory coming. And the choice is ours to make. What choices did we make in 2023? Paul, right about the time he's about to be beheaded, uttered the words, I have fought the good fight of faith. Are we fighting on a daily basis? Are we fighting on a weekly basis? Are we fighting on a yearly basis? Is our life represented of the fact that we're in a fight to the death? But even if we should die in this life, we have eternal life in Jesus Christ. These were individual messages to God's people. But now God has his own message for us. In Revelation chapter 14, if you turn there with me, Revelation chapter 13, we're very familiar with this. We even closed out the Sabbath school lesson with this. But the three angels' message in verses 6 and 7 says that I saw an an another angel flying in mid-heaven. And let's remind ourselves that you are the angel. I am the angel of the first angel's message. Angel just means messenger, and it's up to us. We are these angels. I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God, give him reverence basically is what fear means and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea and the springs of water. The final message isn't love God with all your heart. Final message is the gospel from a different lens. You're about to fall off a cliff and your loved ones just whisper, would that be normal? You're about to fall off a building and your loved ones write you a note and put it in the mail. <coughs> No, you're about to fall off a cliff. The world is about to fall off a cliff. And God yells it with the most powerful message and words he can deliver. The hour of his judgment has come. We must worship him who made the heavens and the earth. Second angel's message, Babylon is fallen. Whatever we're depending on that isn't God is not worth it. Whatever we're depending on, whatever we're putting our hopes in is not worth it. The only thing that has worth in this life is to be in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. All three, Moses, Paul, and the three angels' message are a warning in the end of our life because what we need more than ever, what the church of Laodicea needs more than ever is a shock to the system, a wake-up call that God is near. God is coming soon. And finally, the last of the three angels' message. Listen to the words in verse 9. Then another angel, a third one, following them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives a mark 
on his forehead or on his hand. He also will drink of the wine of wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest day and night, those who worship the beast in his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. Once again, like Moses, like Paul, and like here, the warning is to make a choice. Who are you going to worship? Who are you going to serve? The God of fashions, the God of music, the God of sports, the God of sensuality. Who are you going to worship? The message is repeated throughout Scripture because that, in essence, is our weak point of humanity. We either worship something external or we end up worshiping ourselves internally. Moses, with his final plea, says, choose life over death. Paul says, be wary of the ravenous wolves that are going to come into the church, implying that we must be vigilant and we must make a choice to stay faithful to God every step of the way. And finally, the last angel's message, which we've been given to preach, says, worship God because the hour of his judgment has come. None of us is promised tomorrow. Dr. Ashley is in her last days, but she's dying with the hope of the resurrection. And as I saw her yesterday with her eyes drifting towards sleep, she gets tired because of her condition. This morning, all I thought is that once those eyes close permanently, the very next thing she will see, no matter how much time will pass, will be the loving face of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. But you have a choice to make. Parents, will you point your children to the throne of God? Children, you have a choice to make. Will you follow the Lord even if your parents forsake the Christ? Leaders, you have a choice to make. Will I lead in the foundation of the Word of God, or will I want to do it my way? For Paul has warned us, ravenous wolves will come in. Are we going to stay faithful to the only book that will navigate us through the darkest moments? Will we stay faithful to the God who paid the ultimate price, feeling separated from His Father? Taking your sins and my sins, will we take the gift? Or even Christ himself, when he was carrying the cross, gave us a final warning as well. Oh, woman of Jerusalem, don't pray for me, but pray for yourselves for what is to come. And so as we close 2023, it's behind us now. We can't change the past, but we can look forward into 2024 with the warning message of God, from the warning message of Moses, of Paul, of God in the three angels' message, and of Christ himself. 
Do not let anything get in the way of you choosing life in Christ. Not money, not a job, not a career, not a spouse, not children. Not miracles that proclaim to be done by God, but deny the word of God. Not by political parties, Republican or Democrat. Not by political leaders. Not by conflicts in Gaza or in Israel. The only thing we need to be successful in 2024 is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if I die like Moses, who died of old age, you can say. If you die like Paul, a martyr. Or if you live in the last days like the three angels' message. Either one, the only solution is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll close with this. You make choices every day. And every day those choices are leading you to your final destination. But your parents can't make that destination for you. They can't program in your brain an address with a GPS or tell. But it's the same for us parents as well. We can spend all our lives desiring to put Christ in our children's heart, but if we neglect our own relationship, what would it serve us? So I leave with you in 2023 the last message of this year. The message that Moses, Paul, the three angels' message in Christ himself said in blood. Make the choice. Choose life or death. Prosperity or adversity. Life is going to be hard either way. But I'd rather it be hard with Christ by my side. So in 2023, as we close out this year, take a few seconds in meditation and choose life over death. You know, you may hide it from your parents, you may hide it from the church leaders, you may hide it from your spouse, but you know in the recess of your heart what you're choosing every day. You know it when you're in private. You know it when you're in public. You know it when you're outside of the community of believers. You're making choices every day. But by the grace of God, I will choose life. Whether my wife forsakes me or my children leave, I want to choose Him. Because I've been on the other side of this. For 12 years, I have seen what the world has to offer. And you couldn't give me Elon Musk's money and everybody else's money for to exchange it for eternity in Christ? I'll conclude with the question again. What will you choose? Life or death? The choice is yours. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for all that you provide. You have made it plain to us Life or death, 
May each person here choose life in 2024. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Our closing song is I Surrender All. Don't hesitate to warn people. As we've seen, warning others is not an act of preaching down to people. But it's a plea of love that you want to see them with you in paradise. I can say with me in paradise because it's not about me. It's about surrendering to the one who can take me there. Let us warn others in love. There is a judgment coming. And we have to choose. Life or death. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for all that you provide. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.